Welcome to Aligned and Ambitious Radio. I'm your host, Taylor Slanko, business coach, entrepreneur, dog mom to Marley, and iced coffee obsessed. I help women build businesses that give them total freedom with their time and money without sacrificing the things that are important to them. I was able to scale my business and brand well beyond six figures in sales my first year because I was focused on staying aligned and ambitious. I did things my own way, I wrote my own rules, and I believe your business is your playground. There's no one strategy, one size, or one way to build the business of your dreams. Through this podcast, I'm committed to peeling back the curtain and sharing the behind the scenes of my own business. So we'll talk about everything from mindset to strategies to marketing, and of course, how to make more money. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Today we have Katie Farrow on with us. She is my bookkeeper, one of my really good friends. And honestly, most of you have either seen her face or heard her name because that's how much I talk about her. But I filed my taxes this past week and we had so much come up. That was just good content, good learning lessons. I made some mistakes that I can share with you really transparently so you can avoid them. And we'll talk about just how to increase your overall profit, which is going to tie back to your taxes anyway. So thanks for being here, Katie. Thanks for having me. And thank you for always being so honest with your audience and sharing these moments. You know, a lot of people like to like fake perfection. And it's so much about like sharing the journey and learning from others. So it's going to be really great for people who are like just a step behind you to learn this now. And you were ahead of the game too, you know? So yeah, it was funny because um, my accountant, Katie and my accountant work pretty closely together. And he sent me an email. He's like, Hey, I saw Katie made a piece of content out of you. And I was like, yeah, we do that a lot for each other just because it's so relevant. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best content. So we're here today to to share with you guys like really the importance of knowing your numbers, which I always like to put a spin more on as like empowering when you know your numbers. It helps you grow your numbers. It is true. It's so simple. And I I compare it a lot to like weight loss. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are so timid when it comes to looking at their numbers, if they've been kind of neglecting it, if it's a little bit of a mess, they feel a little bit bad about it. And there's fear there that they're afraid of what the numbers are going to tell them. They're afraid of seeing how much they might've invested in their business. If they're in the startup phase and aren't making sales yet, they're afraid to total up the investments that they've made in their business to see how much they've invested. And then if you are making sales, like I talk to people all the time, they're making 10 K months but they're reinvesting more of it into the business and actually still losing money. And they'll be afraid to see how much of what they're bringing in is going right back out. But you have to like rip the bandaid off and get in and see, you have to step on the scale, get naked and step on the scale and hold your breath and look down to see where you are so that you can adjust to get to where you want to be. It's really just as simple as that. It's a journey. It's flexible. These numbers are just showing us what's happening. And there's a really big difference between what we feel is happening and what is happening. So just like you can step on the scale and be like, holy crap, what do you mean? I gained 25 pounds. It's the same with your business. Like you can be like, wait, hold on. I made $10,000 last month. What do you mean I've lost money? And so we're here to talk about the numbers, empowering you to check in with them, telling you that if you don't like what you see, you use it to adjust to get to where you want to be. And if you do like what you see, it's incredibly motivating to see what's working and what's not 
do more of what's working, less of what's not, and really ramp that up. So in either scenario, it becomes like a profit increasing exercise, which is what we're really doing here in business is trying to increase our profits. It's not all about sales. It's really about what you're keeping, which is the profit. And the profits are what allows you to do all the things that you want to do. It allows you to pay down your personal debt. It allows you to save for that home renovation. It allows you to travel. It allows you to quit your day job so that you can spend more time with your family. Profit is what makes all of that life-changing stuff that we're working towards happen, not sales. I'm smiling throughout the whole thing you're saying because I'm like, yes, that was me. Yes, that was me. Yes, this is true. And I know that for me at one point in time, looking at my numbers felt scarier than looking at the scale, which is funny because in reality, my numbers were much better than <laughs> like what I would have looked at at the scale at the time. But something that you taught me, and that's why I always want to bring you on here and always want to have these open conversations because I've learned so much just from our friendship because we were friends before working together. Actually, <laughs> something funny was like Katie had to follow up with me God, probably like 10 times before I was like, fine, I'll hire you. Like she was like ever so gently like, hey, you really need to do this. Hey, you really need to do this. Hey, you really need to take this seriously. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was pushing her off for one main reason. It was fear. Like I did not want to look at my numbers because business felt good. Like I felt good. I just left my job, which is funny. Like I probably should have had a better grasp on my numbers before making that decision. But I was like, I feel good. And I already took the leap and it's done. So I don't want to now look at my numbers and be like, well, fuck, maybe I shouldn't have did that. Maybe I'm not as successful as I feel. And it, it sounds really silly to say that now, but at the time I really had heavy resistance over that. Yeah, it is scary. And the numbers are, they can be scary. And I think you and I are constantly reframing them too. You know, like every month it's reframing, right? Like, because not every month is the highest month of profit. And even in the higher months of profit, sometimes like we joked, <laughs> you were so close to one little milestone. Why didn't you make that one more sale? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're always like paying really close attention. They're fun, but just like anything else. I mean, I think you've like, tell me what this relates to because we've talked about it. You want to have a guideline, but you don't need to be married to the results, right? So like you shoot for a 20K month, but if it's, if it's shy by a couple hundred bucks, you're like, cool, close enough, right? If it's above that, then you celebrate that, you know, but it's just a guideline, just like weight loss. It's like, let's try, but if I lose three pounds instead of four, I'm not going to like stop. I'm just going to learn what was working and what needs to be tweaked or celebrate some part of it because maybe you lost three pounds instead of four because during this two week period, you went out and celebrated and had champagne, but it didn't throw you so far off. Right. We're always celebrating like what the business is capable of doing for your life. Even, um, one of the reframes that I've done with clients is like, Oh, this wasn't a good month. Well, how did you feel? You know, and really I would spin that in the favor of if you felt good or you felt bad, I would say, well, that's great. You know, because yeah. you had a bad month in sales. How did you feel? I felt off. I didn't feel like I wanted to show up. So I gave myself grace and I allowed that to be a slow month because I came off of a good month and I know next month is going to be better if I allow myself to rest and think and clear my head. And thank God I have that freedom in my job that I created for myself versus going to an office even when I feel off. 
Yeah. And we've had this conversation and one of my favorite things, honestly, just about like working with you in this area of my business is you have a really awesome holistic approach, whether you realize it or not, or try to some months when I'm lower profit, you're like, but you bought first class tickets and you also like took a vacation and you also were able to like, you know, renovate your office. So did you really have a low profit month or were you just spending the money on the things that you wanted to do anyway, which is why you're trying to make the money. And I'm like, oh, well, if I'm going to buy plane tickets, I'm okay with lower profit, you know? So just actually being aware of what money is coming in from what, where it's going, what's actually a business expense, what's actually something that you just want and are spending on yourself. And having a grasp on that was something that helped my income grow. We were just talking about this before we pressed live, but there was a month where I didn't even realize how close I was to my first 10 K month. Like I was was your first month working with me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, what a hair. And I was like, holy shit. Like I definitely felt good, but I didn't feel this good. (laughs) Like it was such a win. (laughs) Yeah. It was like 90. Can I say it? Yeah. Say it. (laughs) It was like 94 or 9,700. It was like just shy of 10 grand. And I was like, look at this. Like you just quit your job and you almost hit 10 grand. Like that's like the elusive number in the online space. Like everybody's looking for that 10 K month. You were right there. And what you said, like, I felt good, but I didn't feel that good. It's it's hard to keep track of it. Like it's hard to see if you're not genuinely like breaking it down and keeping track of it. Like I do, it's hard to tell, especially when you're like selling things on payment plans. Like what did I actually receive versus what did I pre-sell? And even that's a little hairy. Cause it's like, it's coming, but is it? Cause like, is that person really going to pay? Um, I see people talk about their launches in different ways and people think about money in different ways. So I don't tend to think that people are like lying or exaggerating. I think it's just the way that they're framing it, which is like, they talk about the cash that they got. They talk about the sales that they got. They talk about the booked sales or, you know, projected sales or whatever in total. Where's the expenses? (laughs) Yeah. They, some will talk about profit, but a lot are talking about it in like different ways. It's just interesting, like how they're counting it. But what I do is I count cash. So Mm -hmm. I count the cash that you received in that month. And so it's hard for you to know, especially like the stripes are coming in, it's 30 days. You don't know like in what calendar period it came. Right. And sometimes it's like off by slightly some slight amount, but yeah. What happened after you saw that you made just shy of 10 grand? I almost doubled like the next month. And we were talking about this because I think it was, I think I hired you in June. I think that was it because I remember, and I tell this story all the time, you were looking at laws of life and you were like, most of your income comes from there. Cause it was right when I was going to shut down that program. And I was yeah. just switching niches at the time. So it's like, we have bigger conversations too about like, well, what's making the most money? Like this is your biggest source of income. And The thing is when you're just starting out to the point where you're maybe hiring a bookkeeper for the first time or just making enough money where you're like, I have to keep track of this because I'm going to have to do taxes. Like I just don't have a choice. The last thing you're thinking about is let me make the, like a spreadsheet. Let me know what to track. Like you are just so focused on social media, planning your content, making sales, launching. So for me, it was like, I know the numbers. It was like a lingering thing, but I just didn't want to deal with it yet because I was so focused on money-making activities, which I didn't consider that one of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Right. <laughs> People be like that so much. But what's so funny is it is like one of the most value add money making activities there really is. And the the way that I break it down now, because I've really seen where people have the roadblocks because I don't like it's just by, by nature. I don't, which makes it like a little bit strange when when I'm always like hearing people talk about how to talk to their ideal client. It's like it was you at this period. Like it wasn't. And it's just because it's that's what I do. Like I'm an accountant. It, it's different, you know. But I've learned where people get hung up in, and then I'm like, oh, that's it? That's so easy. We can do it like this. So one of the things I do is like make it a monthly process, make it uh, something that you could do. I call it like money meetings now. Like you are in business by yourself, hold a money meeting, hold a staff meeting. You sit down and give yourself an hour to like look at what you're doing. I like to do goal setting in it. So like where are we? We're like smack in the middle of March, but like, let's talk about April. So in the beginning of April, you sit down, you plan your goals for April. You look back at how March went. You reflect on March's goals. How close did I go? What's my profit? And like what you touched on, how does it feel? Like, where's my money coming from and how does it feel? Where's my money going and how does that feel? And, um, did I get close to my goal? And if not, what can I do to adjust? And am I meeting my goal? And if so, do I increase that goal goal or do I freaking celebrate? And cause yeah. I was like, let's level up our goals. Never stop striving. Like that's cool. That is a season that works for some people. But for me, when I hit those goals, it's either like, let's try to make this even ease into making more, or let's just ease out of all of the hustle that goes into that. And just like reap the rewards and live for a minute, like do the things that yeah. you're trying to do. Because the thing is, it's not like we're preaching, like, you know, track your numbers because it's fun. Like for me, I think the biggest reason that you should be taking this part of your business serious, no matter if you're literally one day old or one year old or whatever, is because it helps you make better business decisions. Like it, it really does. I know what programs do really well. I know what to scale more. I know what gives me really high cash months. I know, you know, what payment plans are extended and what that looks and the forecast for my business. I know this month is going to be big because of this rebuilds. Maybe I'll plan a trip. Like you can literally plan your entire life and business around knowing your numbers. <laughs> Yeah. And it is fun when you get into it, because like I said, you've ripped the bandaid off, you know, and you can do like real gut checks. Like I said, how does it feel? So I think you were getting to, you were about to shut down laws of life and it's scary because it was a big part of your income. Right. Yeah. But, and I don't want to fill in your sentence. So tell me if I'm like slightly off by this, but like I have one form of income that used to be all of my income. And my first goal was replace that income before it's gone. And then I did that. And then I was like, well, now it's half my income. So like, if it goes away, it's still going to hurt. Yeah. So how do I replace that again? And I looked at like the amount of money that it makes. And I was like, what, what are my life goals? Like I want to work 10 hours a week and I want to be present for my small kids. So I can't take on, I did the math and I, it was, I was like, I would need 15 of like the higher end of my smaller clients to make up for that. I'm like, then I'd be burnt out. I wouldn't be able to do it. That would be worse. So I've got to come up with a higher offer. I can only serve this many people. And you kind of back into it. Like mm -hmm. I need to make another, another five grand a month. How do I do that? What if I do it with uh, four $1,500 people instead of this one stream of income. Like I can replace it with that. And then it's like, how do I add enough value to get somebody to want to pay $1,500 a month? 
can I close four or five of those people? And then you have a target. And when you know what you're working towards, oh my gosh, everything comes together so beautifully. It's like, I need this many people and I need this amount and I can manage that. And now I'm excited. How do I add the value to make them do it? And then how do I go and do it? And it gets done when you have that when you know what you're striving towards versus just like, let's create a $17 offer and see how many I can sell. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get to your goals that way. Yeah, for sure. And so just to give you guys context, like my business really started taking off. I always say that like the summer of 2019, which was, yeah, last year was a very pivotal point for my business. I had switched industries. I had left my job. I had just gotten like official in business and I started making more money in June and July than I had the whole six months of the year. So it was only about what, eight months ago now that I started to track my numbers. And then what happened this past, you know, month or two was we were getting ready to file. So it was like my first, it wasn't even my first full year in business that will be filing next year, but it was a good like seven months where I was keeping track of my numbers and my expenses. And I had some things on a personal card, a personal credit card, a business debit, a business credit, a PayPal. I had lots of money, lots of places. And we thought that we had prepared for it a little bit better. And we, we had a surprise. Um, I had sent Katie a message on Saturday crying because we were projecting to owe, like I was expecting to owe about $3,000 in taxes. And I'll just like be super honest with what the numbers are for you guys. So you can get a gist of like where my hat is at, because I had been paying my quarterly estimated tax payments. So last year, I think Katie, you helped me with this. At the end of the year, I had just made one huge lump sum payment because I wasn't paying in that in the first two quarters. So I made up for it and I was like, let's pay extra. Let's do a little bit more. I'd love to see a refund. I think that was September, which is when quarter threes are due. Yeah. And yeah. And then did you do it again in January? I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah. So we were like ahead of the game or like it it definitely wasn't a situation where we were being irresponsible, where I wasn't getting like the guidance I needed. It wasn't anything like that. So when we were filing our taxes, I got an email on Saturday that said we owe almost $7,000. And the thing is about it, and, and this was such a good learning opportunity for me, because the thing about it is like, I don't not have the money. I wasn't crying because I couldn't pay my taxes. I was, I went into a scarcity mindset and I started to just freak out. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like more than double than what I had projected. And then we have quarter one payments coming up. We have all these things. I'm like, my clients are coming in town. I have to pay for all that. Like I just went into one of those stacks, you know, where it's like, fuck, this is happening. Then this is happening. And it just stacks up until you feel like you're broke when realistically, like I have tens of thousand dollars in my bank account. But what we did was, why don't you, you stepped in at this point. So you say kind of how you walked me through this mental crisis. Well, first I acknowledged that it sucks. You were like, I know that, that I shouldn't feel this way. And I was like, no, I know what that feels like. You know, basically I keep talking about my bathroom. Everybody's so sick of it, but I just had a bathroom remodel where like I had an idea in my head of what it was going to be. And then I got the bill and I was like, Oh, you know, and, and now I'm like looking at the bathroom, like, okay, I like it. It's comfortable. I'm going to pay it. And I'm going to learn from it to like, ask a little bit more upfront next time I was in a little bit of like a, let's get it done thing. But with you, I was like, okay, let's acknowledge that this sucks. First of all, cause you're allowed to feel that way. And then what can we do to bring it down? Right. So uh, you told me about, uh, 
a, a loan that was outside of what I was looking at. So I was like, okay, so maybe there's more, right? There's a little bit more. So before we started working together, cause we started working together mid year, I took over like your business bank accounts. So I'm like, let's see what else is missing. Like, let's go back through your personal, add up your credit card, look at your checking account. And you found all thousands of dollars of expenses there, which is really interesting. I mean, it's not rare at all, but it's just interesting how fast that amount can add up, you know? And then what happens with like finding extra deductions? It's not like a straight off the top, like she found $3,000 of deductions. So it lowered her bill by 3000. It lowers it by your tax rate. It reduces your taxable income. And so if she was paying 30%, tax, she gets to save 30% of those deductions. Here's uh, the thing too. I want to interject just to say this point, guys, I preach it all the time. Like pay for specialists, pay for people who work in your industry that are familiar with this. Because last year when I did my taxes, I worked with this older guy who I felt timid to even talk to or ask questions. You say you have an online business. He looks at you like you're an alien. I need someone to poke holes in the pieces of my business I don't understand, my numbers being one of them. So even when Katie was like, one, it's just nice to have someone you're so close to, so specialized with that you can call crying. I mean, I definitely wasn't going to call my tax guy from last year in tears and be like, help me. But, but having this relationship, it's like, Katie, please never fire me as a client because you are like the most ideal person to work with. But two, there were steps. So she was like, look in your debit account. And I was like, okay, I looked at my debit account. I think I found like 1200 bucks. And she's like, meh, look in your credit card. And I was like, okay, I'll look. And then she's like, meh, look in your PayPal. So it was like, she was helping me with every step, find everything. And at first I thought it was an extra 1200. It ended up being almost an extra five grand of deductible expenses. Yeah. Yeah. So we found things and then we, we talked about other things like the home office and the miles and the things that kind of don't run through the business and shouldn't just to make sure. And you know, your tax guy's good too. So he had, he had talked about all of that, allocating a little bit of your internet, those things that you can do. And you really do need a tax person to help you through that. Like I'm a tax person, but I don't do taxes. So I make sure that I connect my clients to tax people who are reputable enough to like, not just write off random stuff to get it lower, but have a reason for it so that you don't get in trouble for what you're doing either. You're just finding like the legitimate expenses that you can take and you wouldn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, knocking it down a little bit. And, and then also part of what played into your situation, which is really um, something that I need to talk about in my group. The reason I don't do taxes is because I don't have the time to dive into everybody's personal situation, their husband's situation, their, you know, inheritances from their grandma and everything like that. But that all ties into what you're going to pay. So I can look at the business and I can say, you should put aside 25 or 30%. But if you have another situation where like you're married and your husband's job isn't withholding, I wouldn't know that. And then you're going to end up paying more because you're compensating for the amount of tax wasn't being pulled correctly. And now you owe there. Mm -hmm. So like the business is on, it's close enough. And then something else is going on personally that affects it. Also like just how much money you make. So like, and, and then I'm just making stuff up now. Like if one of my clients is in business by herself, but her husband makes $3 million, their rate's going to be way higher than like one of my people who might be like a single mom mm -hmm. making $100,000, you know? So the rates that you end up paying on your business are based on your whole situation, your 
family size, your family income, other sources of income, inheritances, sales, you know, everything. So you really need a tax person who can take a look at the whole picture, the business included with the family, come up with an idea of how you want to pay in, understand your taxes when it's tax time, and then like help you get the best deductions possible. The the other thing too, Taylor, that's good is we were ahead of the game in knowing that like this year, it makes sense for you to be an S-corp. So you already had the right things done so that you are, and you're not finding out in March that it makes sense for you to be an S-corp and trying to switch it for like 2021. You're going to get that done this year. That's the kind of stuff that I was thinking, like if I hadn't been in your ear and I hadn't followed up with you so many times and I hadn't already had you do the S-corp and pay in the taxes, imagine what that would have felt like. Shockingly enough, I have a lot of resistance around (laughs) pieces of my business that don't like feel good. Like you guys hear me, I'm like, do what? feels good. And I'm going to do what feels good. But when you're making multiple six figures in your business, like, and growing rapidly, it might not feel good, but you still got to fucking do it. So like disclaimer that. And I was like pushing back Katie for hiring her. And then I was pushing back on the LLC. I was like, I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to do this. I have to go downtown Niagara Falls. I don't want to go there. So it was like, all this stuff came up and we ended up taking care of it. And now she, one of the first things you said was like, it's going to be so much better next year. (laughs) So, um, but what was going on in my mind was like the initial conscious, like you're bigger than this. Like my natural state of mind was like, you make more, you pay more. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to pay my taxes. Like I knew this was coming. This was really my first go ahead at this. If, If it's an expensive mistake, seven grand in the grand scheme of where I see my business going over the next year, five years, 10 years, God, 25 years, overwhelming in my mind right now, but it's a drop in the bucket. So like, let me learn from this. And that's why we were talking. I mean, this just happened Saturday. It's Tuesday. I was like, we need to get this message out. You were like, I have some things that can help your people. Let's do a live. Let's talk about this. Let's bring awareness to it because I'm not the only one. And again, just going from like the perception of the internet, like for everyone who thinks everyone has like their business all together, like nobody does. Nobody has it all together and there are going to be things that come up, but that's why I'm adamant on like hiring people that are specialized in what you do and getting support from industry experts and not always trying to just DIY the different pieces yourself because I wouldn't have known about the LLC. I still don't fully understand the S Corp just because it's not like my language, but I'm doing it because I know it's the right thing to do because I have someone save you thousands. I trust, yeah, leading me in that direction. So I'm just like basically whatever you say at this point. But well, we can tell them what ended up happening. So we found all these deductions and it brought the bill down. So we owe 4,600. So pretty much cut it in half. And had I not searched for those extra things, like, That would have been so shitty. You guys, I am so excited because I'm opening the doors to my signature launch group coaching program, Five Figure Flow, which is eight weeks to planning and executing your next five-figure launch. And we're opening the doors in just a couple of weeks. If you put your name on the wait list, you will be the first to know when the doors open and you'll get $300 off of your enrollment fee. So you can go to taylorslango.com slash FFF waitlist and get your name on the list. 
Yeah. And you would have worked yourself through, like you were already feeling like it's okay if I have to just pay this, but he just didn't have all of the pieces, which is like, he could have probably worked you through some of that too. You know, it's no ding on him, but also it's why I like to work with a team because I know more about the day-to-day stuff, which is really what a bookkeeper should do is know more about the day-to-day stuff. He's taking the information that he has and, and putting it in. And then if you say, wait, 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 it shouldn't be that. Then it's like, why is it? And let's look at it. And that's where I come in to help you with that. Oh, I just wanted to drive home that like the total that you pay in your taxes is like tax minus payments equals tax due. So the 7,000 that you had was reduced by those two estimated payments you made imagine like your bill could have been, I don't know the dollars, but like if that 7,000 that got cut down to 4,500 could have been 15,000. Yeah. And that 15,000 might not have been in the bank. Yeah. So, and that's the point where like, I've seen people in that crisis only, they didn't file early. Like you're filing early because it's not even due until April. Right. Mm -hmm. But some people extend And don't know that the April extension is an extension to file, not to pay. So if you extend your tax return, but you owe money, you are paying interest until you file and you're paying late payment penalties until you file. So that 15,000, because you didn't pay in, because that's the tax due. Like if you look at your return, the tax due is going to be bigger than what you pay, but you paid estimates. And so this is what you owe on your return, but the tax in total 15,000. And if you don't make estimated tax payments, you pay that 15,000. And if you file it in October versus April, you pay 15,000 plus penalty and interest. Oh, that hurts. And what hurts the most is that by then you're in October of 2020 filing 2019, and you've been doing the same damn thing for 10 months. And so now you're like, oh shit, I'm so behind and I owe 15 grand plus penalties and interest will get you like thousands more. I don't know the exact number. So let's just say 18, just to like, I'm, I really don't know the exact number. I'm making something up. But if you get hit with like an $18,000 bill, 3000 was penalties and interest. There is nothing worse than paying penalties and interest on taxes. And I should have been doing this for 10 months. And now I've got to like dig myself out of this hole and then start paying monthly to get out of it altogether. It shuts down your business and it's preventable because it's just a habit change. It's just pay attention monthly. So I guess this is where it's like encouraging people who are more in your audience and those beginning stages to understand what can happen and avoid it from happening to you, which is the reason I brought my business online. So like watching you work through that, I know how much worse it could have been. So Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't feel good, it's like, oh, thank God, because this would have been they could have been crippling, like without being exaggerating at all. I've seen people quit and say that I'm not meant for this. And it's as simple as making money, spending money at the end of the month, doing your books or having it done for you to see what you're profiting, putting aside your profit every month to prepay for your taxes. Like, did you do that? We're opening up a separate account this month because yeah. that can be substantial. Well- Well, even like, you know, it feels bad. I mean, that morning, it certainly felt bad. I had moments of overwhelm and I don't think anyone wants to get, you know, a tax bill. Like I'd rather, you know, I'll spend $7,000, give me something better. It was more about, you know, where it was going, but it felt good because I was like, I'm just still getting started. Like I will probably, I don't know how long I'm going to keep saying that I've been in business almost two years, but I'm like, I'm still just getting started. 
probably have that mentality forever, but it's like, I can make smart decisions now for this year, which is supposed to be basically five to seven X what last year is. So if I'm going to make a mistake, let me have it in my first six figure year before my first half a million dollar year, because that's going to be a whole different ballpark when we're having this conversation a year from now. So yeah, I was able to set up a different account. Now I'm going to shift some things around. I'm going to get myself on a plan. We are already talking about, okay, what's the next estimated tax payment coming up? How can we get ahead of that? I'm talking with Katie. I'm talking with my accountant. I am very numerically supported in my business. And Katie is almost like a money coach for me too, because when she's talking about things that you don't always think about that adds up and bites you like the interest on taxes. I just learned that live with you here right now. I actually didn't know that myself. But she'll be like, hey, you should really pay this credit card because the money's already there. So why are you going to spend more money on interest? And if you're going to charge things, do it this way because you can write off it here and not on this credit card. And I, I just get so much advisement, I feel like, on those little pieces. And I encourage you guys, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're making $1 or $100,000, it doesn't matter. Like, you're going to face this at some point. And it might be this year, it might be next year, you might be thinking, oh shit, like it's already March, let me get myself in order for this year so I'm prepared next year. But the thing is like, don't ignore it and take that from someone who was ignoring it for probably longer than I should be. Because before Katie, I was making like three to 5k months. I mean, I was, it was a pretty consistent income. It had replaced my full-time salary just so happened. I finally decided to get a bookkeeper when I made 10 K, but I remember talking to you and I was like, I don't know if I can afford your fee. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's so funny how that perspective changes, but I'd love to kind of shift into how they can prepare better. What resources you recommend, what that looks like. Yeah. So I just, I'm glad you said that. I just pulled up the checklist, like the, the new checklist that I give, because I do this every month. So like you should join my Facebook group, which is the profit pursuit community. And you should sign up for my free monthly reminders that have now gotten pretty because Kajabi email is amazing, but that's at katiefarrow.com slash membership. And it's free. You just put in your, your name and your email and you'll get these reminders of what to do every month so that you actually stay on top of it. And so my process is monthly, set your goals, know the tax deadlines, which I'll tell you, see how you did the month before, which involves simply doing your bookkeeping, which is just pulling in your sales and giving them a category, pulling in your costs and giving them a category and summarizing what you're looking at. So sales minus costs by category equals profit. And then how do you feel about that? Do you want to increase your profits? If so, you do one of three things. You increase your sales price you increase how many sales you're making or you decrease your costs. And I put them in that order because typically that's where you get the most bang for your buck. Increase your price, increase your reach, decrease costs because to me costs are necessary to grow. And then I suggest like once you look at what your profit is, you put aside 20 to 30% each month for your taxes of your profits. That way every month you're chipping away at it and you have it. I would really recommend opening up a, a sub bank account, take it out in cash and stuff it under your mattress or whatever you need to do to make sure that you're not touching and spending it. And it's like 
it's got the name taxes on it so that you're paying it out and it won't hurt as much. And then, you know, at the end of the year, it's either going to be a little bit more, a little bit less. And as entrepreneurs, you're probably going to owe. And I think if you wrap your head around the fact that that's okay, because in total, you're paying the same amount of tax. It's just that you got to hold on to it for a little bit longer without giving it to the IRS at like an interest-free loan, then you can feel better about that because refunds, you get refunds and money back from the IRS when you paid too much. So I don't know if you're terrible with money, prepay and make it 30 to 40%. But I like to hold on to my money. So I'm okay with paying and just knowing that that's going to happen. So that's my process. And then when it comes to bookkeeping, I actually had Taylor use this workbook that I created for people who aren't at the stage yet where they can hire somebody. Like that stage exists. And when you're getting first started and your transactions are low and you're really still in the DIY phase, you still need to keep track of your books. And I find that people really struggle with QuickBooks and Xero, which are the platforms that I recommend if you're like half accountant savvy. They're also like kind of easy to mess up if you don't know some basic things. And so I created this spreadsheet that I call the profit and loss spreadsheet. Um, it's part of like a bigger bundle that I have with a tax deadline calendar and a couple of like a mileage log that you can actually use on your phone. I, I really skim over that too much because it's cool. <laughs> you can access it on Google Sheets on your iPhone and track your miles and it calculates for you. So it can replace that app. Um, that a lot of people use or not tracking miles because miles add up to tax savings. So it's worth keeping track of in real time so you don't lose track of them. And then um, like a starting a business checklist that helps you walk through how to get your business set up right from the start so that you can be an LLC and switch to an S corp. This is all like stuff that you might want to join the group and, and dive deeper into, but how to get it set up so that you can grow and save money later. And I created this profit and loss workbook for people who are like, the cost and complexity of QuickBooks Online and Zero Monthly is a little bit more than they want to deal with, but this makes it so easy to use and it's formulated. It's got a tab for each month. It does a ton of powerful computations all by itself. You enter in your sales on one side, costs next to it for the month. And then on that same sheet, like over on your right hand side, it basically spits out a profit and loss statement, which is what QuickBooks and Zero does that shows you your profit. It, it's fun because it's like color coded and it even changes like to show you what your highest source of income was, what your highest expense was. And it categorizes those, um, sums them up by category. So you'll look at one total for office supplies and not 15 transactions for office supplies. And then it'll also highlight the highest expense. And then it'll tell you your total sales, your total costs and the profit, and then give you this other metric that I like to share with all of my clients, which is the profit percentage. So it takes the profit divided by the sales and gives you a profit percentage, which tells you how many cents per dollar of sales you got to keep as profit. Then it even summarizes it by quarter and for the year so that you can like use those for your estimated tax payments. You can compare quarter to quarter. You can use the annual one for your taxes and um, just see how you're doing month over month. So it has drop down boxes for the categories and it's made to be simple as heck. And it has a one-time fee versus being a subscription-based software. So yeah, I've gotten this in the hands of quite a few people at this point by teaming up with people like Taylor and sharing them with their starting entrepreneurs. And the feedback is like, thank you so much for creating this. 
to me, it gives better reports than even QuickBooks does because of the way that you know how to find it and calculate and like the highest um, income and expense is just not something that's like spit out to you in those platforms and it couldn't be easier to use. So we wanted to share that tool with you because Taylor used it to just drop in her expenses. So it's definitely something that you could get now to compile 2019. It's something that you can then copy and use for 2020. You can keep using it for future years. I tend to keep making enhancements to it based off of the feedback that I'm getting. So it's something that like once you buy it, you'll get access to any new revision and it'll help you see how you're doing without having to get an accountant yet. Yeah. And even for me, like, cause obviously I work with Katie and I have an accountant, but there, there was something that came up where I was like, I have to actually know like what I'm looking for, how to categorize it. I need somewhere to put it. Cause in that, especially in that state, I was in a state of like overwhelm and panic. So I was like, what do I do? Type it on a word document. She was like, use this spreadsheet. And I've had it for so long. I've just never had a reason to use it. And after the fact, I was like, you know what, Katie, I'm so glad that I actually had the opportunity to get my hands in it because holy crap, like even this stressful situation was diffused because of how simple it was for me to look at everything for what it was, get everything totaled up without you doing the chicken scratch and your iPhone calculator six bajillion times. I mean, it was just like a breath of fresh air. And if you guys do have questions for Katie on Facebook Live, drop them um, in the comments and we can do a little bit of Q&A. But otherwise, do you want to just give a behind the scenes look of what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys have any tax questions, profit questions, anything expense wise, drop them in the comments. Um, I dropped a link and then you also can use Taylor for 15% off. So Katie's going to give you an extra 15% off for using my name since this was just so, so helpful for me. And we know it's going to be so helpful for you guys. Yeah. And so just so you know, cause we haven't mentioned the price it's 97 normally. So with your 15% off, I don't even know, what does that get you to? 80 something dollars. And that is instead of paying for QuickBooks or zero monthly, which are about the 25 to $30 mark. So for less than three months of those softwares, you can have this, which is really like kind of built with you in mind, the solopreneur who doesn't need anything so complicated. So, so we're looking at the tab for January. And so there's one for each month. So what you would do is go and like look at your statement for basically anywhere that money would be coming in and out. And I recommend doing that in just like a business only checking account to start maybe a credit card, maybe PayPal, but yeah, all of those things should be for business use only. And so you come in here and you'll put your income and any expenses. So one thing that comes up is like, how do I treat transfers between the accounts? And you don't, you just put in the expenses here. So you'll put in your income and I just made like generic categories. So say on January 1st, you had $500 worth of sales and you can choose an income category right here. And you just click right here and you'll choose it from a drop down. And so these are customizable, but I gave examples of one-on-one -on -one coaching, digital products and group programs. And this is optional too. You could just make it all sales, but this is one of the favorite things that I like to share with my clients is what is making up most of the money. So if you have different ways of bringing in money, you can customize those categories and same for expenses. You just put in the date, the amount, the vendor, which is like who you bought it from and a category. So like for, I have an example here of office Depot and the categories office supplies, um, zoom, 
could be utilities or software and subscriptions, um, AT&T, telephone expense. If you bought a coaching program, I usually put that to business development. Facebook would be ads. You could put in like your virtual assistant and have it be contractors, those type of things. So if you want to, same thing with the this one, you choose from the drop-down categories. And I put in some examples, but you can customize that too. So you can come over here to COA, which is chart of accounts, to edit this for you. So whatever your income categories are, you can type right over these and um, you can put in your expense categories, add or delete things that you're not gonna use. And so you just do that, sales and costs. And my favorite part is what happens over here, 100% automatically, you don't touch it, you just look at it. So I'll show you what happens if you change something. Um, so take note of what's going on here. One-on-one -on -one coaching is $4,500 and it's green, telling you that it makes up 47% of your income. Same thing over here, it's gonna tell you that rent is your highest expense at 58% of your total expenses and that's 2250. So if you added another one-on-one -on -one client on the 31st, pay attention because it says one-on-one -on -one is 4,500, right? So I just changed this to one-on-one -on -one coaching and boom, it changes to 5,500. It changed my income. It changed my profit. It recalculated the profit percentage. It does all of this for you. And if this were longer, this would continue to go down and then you'd really see how much simpler this summarized view of your categories is. But you'll see office supplies has like one, two, three, four different records, four or five different records over here. And it just gives you the total right here. So it's summing up all office supplies to tell you, you spent 179 in office supplies altogether. So it gives you a real clean way of seeing where your money went. And then you can say like rent is 2250. Well, there's not much that I can do about that. Where did the rest of my money go? And then you can kind of gut check and say, who did I spend that to? And come over here. And then you'll say like, okay, if I can't cut any of these costs and I'm not happy with my profits, then I need to do something with the sales. So I either need to start selling, sell to more people, or increase my prices. And that's how you'll drive your profit up. So here is the income minus expenses equals the profit and you get your profit percentage of 63%. Another metric that can be used as a guide but nothing that you need to beat yourself up about or get married to. And so you'll do that month over month and then um, you can come to these tabs for the quarter and you'll see just the summary of January, February, March. It looks very similar. It just has those three months and then the total of the quarter and stuff all up at the top. The total income, total expense, total profit for each quarter and then also for the year. Yeah. Linda's asking, so if I enter my 2019 tax stuff, what's the best way to send this info to my accountant? And it's just share the spreadsheet, right? She could just share the whole document. You can share it if they, if they can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> some, some accountants are so old school that if you try to share a Google Sheets doc with them, their head will explode. Others will be like, thank you for sending that to me because now I can see and drill down and edit. And um, you could definitely print this and give it to them, like the summary, because for the most part, what a tax preparer does is takes the numbers that you give and plays with them. 
They put them on the right spot on the return. They help you decide what you can and can't deduct. They look at your personal situation to make sure that you're maximizing your credits. There's definitely a lot that goes into the taxes, but they need clean numbers to do that. And it is not their job to audit the numbers that you give them. It's their job to trust them. It's on you to have these numbers be correct. So for the most part, if they get something like, like, um, this, which at the end of the year tells them the grand total uh, and it tells them income and expenses, that'll be good. Yeah, the summary would work. And then if they have questions, you can drill down further. But yeah, this annual PL should work. Yeah, my accountant actually was like, wow, thank you. Can you share that spreadsheet with me? That's like awesome. Instead of just being like, here's all this random information, like plug it in wherever you think. You know what I mean? Yeah, or an email or anything else. Like um, when I did taxes, we used to literally get the shoebox of stuff and the handwritten ledgers. And so they've seen it all and this will be more organized than most. It may even be more organized than the condition of QuickBooks that they get from people who do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And just like setting taxes aside for a second, obviously that's the big goal because you can't avoid them. They're always happening. But also going back to the beginning of this, talk about like making smart decisions, knowing (laughs) what's making you the most money, knowing what's coming up. It's like this spreadsheet, I feel like basically answers all the things that we talked about, which is really nice. Like, I think if I would have had this and I think I might've just not been using it, but like, even if I would have had that, this, that first six months in business, I maybe would have been less shy of my numbers sooner and probably could have made more money. Yeah. And so I just saw the comment here where Tony was asking if you can track 2019 and 2020. So when you buy this, I don't know if you're familiar with Kajabi. If you've bought an online course, it's probably in Kajabi. This is a Kajabi product. So when you buy it, you'll get a access to that product. You'll have a demo video of this and a link. And when you click on the link, it'll open up this Google Sheets and prompt you to copy it. So you can just do that and name it 2019 and then go right back to where you did it before and make it 2020. So have like two separate workbooks. You don't need to actually, um, like you can copy sheets, but you don't need to, or you can make a copy here too. make a copy and then. Right. But the cool thing is this is a resource that you can keep and keep reusing until you're ready to outsource. Right. And when I enhance things, because there are some things that I'm probably going to enhance, like people ask about when they pay themselves, um, how do I track that? And that's really not an expense of the business. So it also shouldn't be included here. So I'll probably add in um, a tab that says like owner's pay, how much you've paid yourself out of the company. And then um, I'll probably create just like a tracking tab of payments to the IRS. Like what did you, what were the estimated payments that you made and when? Good idea. I like that. Which can be, they can be easily added. You know, I would probably just add a tab at the end, but I, I think I may split up the quarters by the tax deadlines, which are not exactly quarters for whatever reason. So yeah, I'll say like total profit and like tax at this percentage. And so this is the amount to, to put aside. Uh, so when I make those enhancements, you'll be in my group and I'll let you know or email out and you can get the newer copy of the workbook. I like to take care of the people who have ever been a part of the community. Yeah. I dropped your Facebook group link and it'll be in the show notes on the podcast replay, but anything else you want to like, I guess let's end with this like rapid speed question. What are your three biggest things when it comes to creating more profit? Like it could be mindset, strategy, sales plan, 
Yeah. So uh, for me, it's basically just looking at where it comes from. It's like, I guess mindset would be there, but I think the numbers help you get into the mindset. So cut costs and the, these are the things, cut the cost, increase your quantity of sales and increase your prices. Mm -hmm. And the mindset associated with them is that when you're looking at your costs, are they bringing me value today or will they, will they in the future? And if not, they need to go. The reach, can I reach more people without taking away from my life? If so, fill the roster. If not, um, look at your price. And the price can, tends to be where a lot of people struggle. Like, how can I charge this? How can I charge that? And um, you know now that if your costs are as low as they can be and your reach is as wide as it can be and your profit is not where you want it to be, that you have to increase your price or you're not running a profitable, sustainable business and you are going to close down. And if you close down, you can't help all the people that you started your business to help, including yourself. And I know that most of us, we think of ourselves last. We're trying to help our clients, but you can't in the long run help all those clients that you want to help without being able to feed and clothe yourself. So you have to increase your price and then it becomes not just an arbitrary number, but a, a number that you have to meet. And then you ask yourself, how do I make the value match that price that I need to sell? And then it becomes so easy. It really becomes so easy because you're just like, well, I could probably add this and I could probably say this and maybe I could give in this way to add value without taking away my time. And it becomes a little bit of a game of like just trying to fit the the square in. It is. It really is a game because even um, like w with the things that I was learning, it was like, you know, and especially you guys too, I know this about you because I just know like you're always looking to make those bigger investments. Like you're looking to join the mastermind. You're looking to get the support. You're looking to get that software that's going to make automation a little bit easier for you. So when you have a grasp on this, you can gauge like where you're going, what's coming in, what makes sense. Even when Katie was saying, what's an investment? Like there was a month where I prepaid to have like four sales pages written and it was like a tough bill to eat, but you were like, literally it's an investment for your entire business. It's your sales pages. You're going to repeat these programs and resell them. And it was like, okay, that's a long-term investment. Once I saw that I had you know, other money coming from other places. I was like, now I can upgrade Kajabi. I can do these other things. So it also helps you get more of what you want with whatever it is. If it's like a new computer, a trip, a software, a coach, whatever. Yeah. And I so rarely, the truth is that I have a way of spinning everything in my favor. And I think if you look at like, how can I frame this positively? It helps. Um, because even if you invest money I don't know that I've seen a lot of really bad costs because you'll cut them if they're not working. And if they were one time, well, they were one time. So you'll make up for it the next month, but sometimes you have to try things out to know what works. And I believe you have to invest in your business to get money back and you're not going to get that perfect every time. So I think if you strive for perfection and you strive for the highest profits ever, every month, you're putting like unreasonable pressure on yourself versus it being like a fluid dance where you're learning through the process and, um, yeah, you make a bad investment. Don't make it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in this community, being on the podcast. You guys, this is so helpful. Like regardless if it can help you for this year, if you haven't done your taxes or looked at this stuff yet, or even just getting really, really prepared for next year, it's a, it's a win-win. And I'm really grateful Katie for one, the 15% offer my audience. I know they appreciate that so much. And just, you taking an hour of your time to just dump everything on the table. 
Thanks for having me here. Don't forget, you can use code TAYLOR for 15% off Katie's starter kit when you go to taylorslango.com forward slash know your numbers. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. That's a wrap. If you loved this episode, be sure to screenshot it, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me. To stay up to date on all things aligned and ambitious, make sure you're subscribed to the show, and I'm always so grateful when you leave a review. New episodes drop every single Monday, and during the in-between, you can find me hanging out on Instagram. So I hope to connect with you over there, and I'll see you next week.